On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. The Colts right now set at 1-1 one one on the season. They come off a victory at 28-11 against the Minnesota Vikings. The Colts host the Jets here for their second consecutive home game. Colts hoping to get past 500 this week. And so we thought we'd bring back our friend Ian from Jets Central. Ian, thanks for joining the show, man. How are you doing? Doing really good. Doing really good. And I appreciate, you know, you guys having me on. It was a blast last time and uh, can't wait to hop into it. Absolutely, man. Well, well, let's let's talk about the Jets so far. Obviously, are winless so far in the season through two weeks. Uh, last week, fell to the San Francisco 49ers by a score of 31 to 13. What has been your overall impression so far, Ian, of this Jets team? Yeah, it, it hasn't been good. I mean, you guys know it. I know it. The New York Jets, as we stand right now, are, are just not a good football team. Uh, seemingly outcoached and outplayed in both uh, matchups. And granted, you know, Buffalo's a great team, and so is San Francisco. They were in the Super Bowl last season. But from top to bottom, it's pretty much just doom and gloom just everywhere you look with this with this franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's been tougher for them the last couple weeks for sure. And the Colts obviously didn't have a great start in week one. They lost to Jacksonville down there um, in, in the first game of the season. They haven't won down there in, <laughs> since I've been in high school. So it's been a long time. But the Colts have a nice bounce back victory last week against the Vikings and really dominate that game from start to finish. So, um, you know, we've seen, though, Ian, in the past, the Colts have struggled against the Jets. The Jets maybe don't, don't have the best record that year, but the Colts still seem to struggle with them. Um, so I guess we can start kind of your thoughts on this matchup and, and, and overall just just this, this Colts versus Jets matchup here in 2020. Yeah, so I mean, if you look at the uh, like the Vegas line uh, right now, I believe Indianapolis is a 10.5-point favorite, which is pretty, pretty big, you know, considering we're only t- – uh, essentially two weeks into the season and they're already getting that big of a line but I look for Indianapolis to really wreak havoc in the trenches and I feel like that's where uh, the Colts are going to you know not only dominate in this game but dominate you know for the rest of this season it's just you know interior offensive line play interior defensive line play and uh, you know just controlling the point of attack honestly all right, so Ian, uh, we might as well just stick with the trenches here. And you mentioned offensive line and defensive line controlling the trenches. Let's stick with the offensive line here and how the Colts look to attack you guys in the run game. In your preview, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, who uh, was a stud this last week, 26 carries for 101 yards. And then Jordan Wilkins, who is actually our fourth-string running back, which is kind of funny because in the last two seasons, he's actually led the NFL in yards per carry with over six yards a carry. So it is very interesting that the Colts now have, you know, three good running backs in Wilkins, Taylor, and Naheem Hines, all different guys that have different ways of running the football but are dominant in the way that they do it. How do you how do you think the Jets need to stop 
this rushing attack to keep Indy from moving down the field and controlling time of possession. Right. So from a s- schematic point of view, I would definitely bring new starting uh, strong safety Marcus May down into the box and let him roam. Uh, one of the issues against the San Francisco 49ers was uh, you know, pre-snap, uh, pre-snap movement and then San Francisco basically just running through open holes just you know these running backs Mozart and these guys they're not even being touched and uh it's easy pickups for seven eight yards I mean the first play of the game I believe it was an 80 yard handoff seemingly untouched for a TD like right out of the gate so if the New York Jets want to bounce back in this one uh we're going to have to load the box we're going to have to make or force Philip Rivers to kind of uh, throw the ball outside the numbers and see what we can get with with you know our cornerbacks uh, on the outside. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, last week against the Niners, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo went down, but he was pretty efficient before he went down, fourteen to sixteen, one hundred and thirty-one yards, two touchdowns against this defense. Nick Mullins came in, and you know, you guys seemed like you were able to slow him down a little bit. But you mentioned Philip Rivers. Um, Philip Rivers, his first game for with the Colts, he had to throw it 46 times. He had over 350 yards. This last game, he cut that in half. Only, only had um, 25 attempts, and he was pretty efficient on the day. 19 to 25, 214 yards, a touchdown, an interception that wasn't his fault. A pretty efficient day for him. So I'm curious for you, Ian. How, how do you feel like the Jets have to slow down this Colts passing attack? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I think it's actually a lot to ask of this Jets defense to slow down the run and slow down the pass at the same time after getting torched by both Buffalo and San Francisco. So I think if you're Greg Williams, you kind of have to pick one or the other. And Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets. And to be honest with you, I would try to focus and put a lot of stock into stopping guys like, you know, I, you guys mentioned him before. You pretty much have a three-headed monster. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor specifically, because I, I think that he's going to be the, you know, uh, the prize out of those three. Or, the, or you know, the gem, if you will. Um, I think stopping him and just placing you know just putting a lot of hope into the starting outside corners like blessing on austin uh pierre desir and just hoping that those guys can win one-on-one matchups outside all right so ian i gotta ask you if there is anyone on this passing attack that the colts have right now that concerns you because last week we saw mo alley cox he was the most he was the most highly rated player and all of the NFL on the offensive side last week with a 95 rating, the highest rating by a tight end since Rob Gronkowski back in 2017. He had a a tremendous game against the Vikings. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton is the veteran on this team, has had some issues early in the season with drops, but he certainly has that presence. Naheem Hines coming out of the backfield and some of the other wide receivers that we have in Pittman, Pascal and such is there anyone on this team that really uh concerns you because from what I heard the Jets have given up the most yards of any team in the NFL so far by yards for tight ends yeah so I mean it's I mean uh Ali Cox had a great game and you know it's funny that you mentioned T.Y. Hilton as well and and you know you called him the veteran of the bunch and it's weird too because you know I remember back in the day when he was drafted uh you know back I believe it was what 2011 2012 somewhere in that 
uh, range. It, you know, I grew up with him being like the young guy on the team, the unproven guy, but now he's like the leader of the wide receiving room. And, you know, he had that drop touchdown pass. It was a huge, you know, great pass by Phillip Rivers uh, in that Vikings game. And, you know, he ended up dropping it. But I am concerned about T.Y. Hilton getting behind the Jets defense and then guys like Pascal on these, you know, mesh routes, these crossing patterns uh, underneath if the Jets defense starts getting spread out. Uh, so really those two guys, uh, for sure, the Jets have to keep their eye on. All right. Well, let's let's talk about uh, – let's move over to the defensive side here. Let's talk about uh, – Let's talk about the the Jets' uh, offense now. Let's talk about their offense a little bit, and let's specifically start with the running attack. Um, so last week, the Jets' Frank Gore, who we know very well, he had 21 carries for 63 yards. Lamichael Perrine, I think I'm saying that right, Perrine, whatever it is, um, you know, he had a decent. He had three carries for 17 yards. You know, it wasn't the most efficient day in terms of running the football, and the Colts obviously um, have one of the better run defenses in the league. Uh, last week, Dalvin Cook didn't have 100 yards. The Colts pretty pretty much held him in check to only 63 yards. Um, so what do you think the Jets have to do? And do you think, are you concerned that the Jets maybe won't be able to run the football against this Colts defensive line? A little bit, but I definitely would try to focus uh, more to the outside, uh, really setting the edge, setting like the presence on the you know the side of the offensive line to try to get these guys to bounce around and you know to possibly pick up uh, like the five or six yards as opposed to like the one or two that they have been getting when they just run it straight up the middle into you know these nose guards and whatnot. Um, you know, the, to really answer your question, I would say that the main thing that the Jets have to focus on on offense is controlling the ball, controlling time of possession, and really trying to jump out to a quick early lead, being aggressive early, throwing the ball vertically, which is something that the Jets just quite frankly don't do. Uh, a lot of it is screens. A lot of it uh, are just like little slip plays, little curl routes for five yards here and there. We haven't really seen Sam Darnold extend plays, uh, you know, with his arm 15 yards plus from the line of scrimmage. That's something that I feel like the New York Jets might uh, do in this matchup just because of how bad we've looked against the Bills and the Niners. So, you know, to to really kind of hone in on it or to focus on one thing, I would just say control the time of possession and really force Phillip Rivers or get his clock, his mental clock moving uh, to where he's having to throw the football and, and, you know, Indianapolis is playing catch up as opposed to, you know, the other way around. All right. So let's talk about pass rush here. Uh, there's two things that I do want to mention. First off, I want to say that I think the Jets made an absolute steal in grabbing Mekhi Becton as your left tackle. Uh, I've seen a lot of film on him already, and he definitely is a very great athlete for his size. I don't know if you want to elaborate on him here in a minute as uh, as a Jets fan, seeing him play, how he's actually looked in total. I've just seen some of the film. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And then also with the Colts, I mean, the Colts are top three right now in sacks and are actually the best team in the NFL at the moment in pass rush percentage at over 15% getting pressures on every snap. So, I mean, this Colts team, while in week one it wasn't consistent, uh, week two it was very consistent, the Colts are getting to the quarterback very, very often. So how do you feel that this Jets offensive line is going to be able to handle this pass rush for the Colts that as of the moment is doing really well 
Right. So as far as uh, Makai Becton, I mean, he's been really the only bright spot on this Jets offense, you know. And again, we're only two games into the season. So, you know, nothing uh, nothing to really write home about as of right now. But uh, so far, so good. I mean, he dominated Jerry Hughes in week one and then week two. I mean, he was really holding his own against Nick Bosa. Uh, yeah. So Becton, I mean, he's he's been great. I mean, he's been all that. Uh, pretty much all Jets fans can ask for so far. But as far as this offensive line yep. goes, I'm actually really concerned that, you know, your interior of your defensive line are going to are going to cause major, major headaches, major problems for this Jets offensive line. Again, going up against the center, going up against the guards, because our starting center, Connor McGovern, actually uh, had an uh, injury last game and he didn't come back. So uh, it's definitely... A, uh, you know, a major concern as we move forward into this week, but I would look for the pass rush more so up the middle than off the edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and let's get, stay on this Colts defense. These Colts linebackers, you know, some of the best in the league. We obviously know Darius Leonard. He he had a really good game last week. Uh, Bobby Okereke is another name. I mean, he outsnapped Anthony Walker, uh, the Mike linebacker. He got a lot more snaps. He's more in that athletic mold as well. Uh, I'm curious, Ian, from you, from your perspective. Uh, how do you think the what do you think the Colts uh, linebackers could potentially expose in this Jets offense? So I think if they can cover the flats and really shut down the you know the slip screen game, I mean we talked about it a little bit about it before. You know, Darnold just throws horizontally. Uh, you you guys will be definitely be surprised with how much or how little the ball actually travels through the air so i think if these linebackers can get on the move quickly and just cover the flats and cover you know just that middle ground uh they can really really expose this jets offense and we certainly know darius leonard and bobby okariki do that well i think the last thing i'll ask you ian about this uh defense for the colts is you know you guys have had some injuries at the wide receiver position early Uh, We've had our fair share of injuries in the secondary so far. Uh, Rhodes has had some cramp issues, uh, although that's not keeping him out. He has had those issues for a while now. Uh, Malik Hooker obviously being out with a torn Achilles for the whole year. Uh, The rookie Julian Blackman had to come in. Uh, we don't. We actually didn't think we would see him at all this month, but yet here he is. He came in in week two to replace Malik Hooker, and he actually looked really, really good. And Kari Willis had to come in. Rocky Sin was gone last week due to a illness. Uh, it wasn't COVID related, thank goodness, but it was something else, and he had to obviously miss the game. But we expect him to probably be back this week. Uh, it's again a. A inexperienced secondary to say the least do you feel like your wide receivers whichever ones you have left have an opportunity to expose this team both vertically and horizontally in the secondary uh, to be honest man I mean that's a fantastic question but I gotta be 100% honest with you I don't I don't think so I just don't feel confident in this wide receiving room I don't feel confident in Adam Gase's play calling to really pick up on on those details and to expose what Indianapolis does. And I just feel like as a whole, the Colts are just much better uh, schematically and they just have such a 
better defensive coaching staff or you know when you're comparing your defense against the Jets offense where I feel like they're going to cover up their weaknesses and Gase doesn't really have that tendency to find a weak spot on the defense and just pick on them like you know a Bill Belichick or Sean Payton would so to answer your question I actually think Indianapolis has an incredible shot in this game and uh, it might be a long day for the New York Jets if I'm being 100% on it. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm curious now. I have to kind of ask this a little bit of a, a, a more lighthearted question here. I mean, you guys have just, for some reason, kept getting all these former Indianapolis Colts that have you know left the team for whatever reasons. Uh, talk to me real fast about how some of these guys are looking, some of these former Colts. You guys got a lot of our former corners, Quincy Wilson, Nate Hairston. Talk to me about how some of these guys have looked so far. Right. So Pierre Desir has actually been extremely surprising. I mean, this is a dude who came into camp and just won immediately the number one corner spot. So that's always really encouraging. Quincy Wilson, on the other hand, you know, it's funny. I thought he was going to emerge in camp and he was going to be the one that's going to step up and, you know, become one of the starting uh, you know, a starting left or starting right cornerback for this team. Uh, but it wasn't the case. He's actually, you know, a backup uh, as we stand right now. I still like Wilson a lot, you know, has incredible size for the position. Uh, and I do like his physicality. But overall, I got to say, I, I, I'm really surprised with Desir's performance. And, you know, the one thing that does kind of uh, suck is that we didn't see any preseason games so there wasn't like a true true battle at that position to where guys can really emerge against you know opposing offenses and opposing schemes uh but just throughout jets training camp it was nothing but positive things surrounding this year and uh hopefully wilson can emerge later on well it's good to know that some things just don't change wilson did say that being traded away from the colts was the best thing that ever happened to him but I mean, I guess he's not playing like that's true, but I mean, you guys also have a bunch of other players from us. I mean, you have Terrell Basham, and I believe it's Henry Anderson on your defensive line too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. So you guys, you got some defensive linemen too that you know have uh, been in our system and are playing for you now. How have how have they looked? I thought I saw Henry Anderson do something pretty cool in Week One. Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, Basham has has looked solid. He's a guy who uh, right now is currently starting for this Jets team at that out that three four outside linebacker. So I know it's not really his true position here, where he doesn't have his hand in the dirt and he can't just rush, you know, pin his ears back and go. Um, so he's definitely a guy to kind of keep your eye on because I really like his size and explosiveness. Uh, and he's also, again, a young guy. But Henry Anderson, on the other hand, I mean, this is one of the most overpaid dudes on this Jets team, uh, in my opinion. And, uh, I mean, right now, like, I think Anderson's a solid, you know, rotational guy on the defensive line. But if he's your number one pass rusher, you know, going into the regular season, I think that's that that spells trouble for sure. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear, though, that Terrell Basham has actually uh, not been doing bad. I mean, he just really did nothing when he was with the Colts. And, you know, a lot of people were always clamoring, oh, man, you know, he wanted his hand in the dirt. Well, I mean, really, since he's been in the league, he hasn't really had that opportunity. I mean, with the Colts, he was in that 3-4 scheme with Chuck Pagano and, and you know, uh, Ted Monachino, I couldn't even remember his name, the old defensive coordinator. And then he goes to the Jets, and then obviously they're in a 3-4 defense as well. I'm curious also about Josh Andrews. He was the guy that you guys got this offseason. He was a key reserve offensive lineman for us. He stepped in last year whenever Ryan Kelly would was get nicked up or a player would be injured. He He's kind of that nice rotational piece. How has he looked so far? 
again, it's it's been tough because there, there hasn't really been that, you know, there's been zero preseason. And, you know, obviously uh, I'm from Florida, so I, I can't really attend these training camps and whatnot. But going into training camp, the offensive line was actually pretty much solidified with Connor McGovern, ex-Bronco at, at uh, center, Greg Van Roten, the ex-Panther, George Fant from Seattle at, at right tackle, uh, Becton at left tackle, who was our first round pick, and then uh, Alex Lewis at guard. So that was kind of the solidified starting lineup for this Jets unit. Uh, so he hasn't really had his opportunity to come in there and make plays and, you know, show what he can do. And, uh, you know, it, it, it sucks. And I, it, it's, it's bad because of, of how much things have been affected with this virus and, you know, how it's affecting that playing time and, and really what, uh, you know, uh, it's affecting what they can show on tape. All right. Well, Ian, I guess the best way to end this uh, little preview here is to get a score prediction out of you. What do you think is your game prediction for the Indianapolis Colts versus the New York Jets? Oh, man, great question. I'm going to say Indianapolis Colts 31, New York Jets 16. Oh, wow. So even you with the double digit Mm -hmm. (laughs) loss here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. All right, uh, Cody, what do you got here, man? Yeah, uh, I gave a score prediction earlier to some of my friends. They were just asking. So I I said Colts 31, Jets 10 in this game. All right, even even deeper, even deeper. Wow, (laughs) okay. Um, I I think even with the loss of Le'Veon Bell, which we all know for the running backs issue, but – I still, again, the Colts' luck with the Jets just never goes well. Now, I do believe the Colts will win this, but I still think it's going to be minorly close. I'll probably say 34-21. to 21. The Jets will keep it interesting at times, but I think the Colts will pull away from mm. it at the end. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I just feel like the Jets are going to struggle big time yeah. moving the football. Yeah. Yeah, time of possession is going to be the biggest key to this. Yeah, and I think the big thing for me is like the Colts are going to have so much pressure, and you talked about it, Ian. You know, the Jets are struggling on the offensive line, especially the interior, and that's exactly where the Colts, man, are, are really strong right now. I mean, DeForest Buckner, I mean, he's manhandling backups. Like he was, he was manhandling the Vikings' offensive line last week. He had a sack and a half. He recorded a safety. You know, all these defensive interior linemen, they were all getting pressure, getting sacks, um, and this secondary is playing with a little bit more confidence now. I really believe that the addition of Julian Blackman um, in favor of Malik Hooker honestly will help this defense out a lot. Um, it seems like when Hooker was in there, you know, he he had some moments, but a lot of times he seemed like he was kind of lost out there and there was a lot of confusion and there was big plays let up. Well, there really wasn't a whole lot of big plays let up in the passing game when Julian Blackman was in there. And so I like him and George Odom at the safety position, at the free safety position. And I really feel like some of those issues that the Colts had in week one, those miscommunications uh, with Julian Blackman and George Odom in there, uh, they're going to really be minimized in a lot of ways right and i mean i you just mentioned buckner i mean that offseason acquisition was probably the most underrated in my opinion of every single transaction that that happened this you know this offseason i mean to get a guy of this caliber to sign him to a massive deal uh i mean you look at his size you look at his speed and strength i mean i believe he's like six foot seven 300 Mm -hmm. plus pounds uh super super young 
mm-hmm. uh, has a knack for swatting the ball down, has a knack for clogging up the holes. You guys definitely, definitely found you know the answer at that position as far as Buckner goes. Ironic that a Jets fan is telling us that's the, one of the most underrated things that we did all offseason while Bleacher Report is telling us that was the most overrated thing we did all offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Bleacher Report hates the Colts, man. They are just, they they get so many things wrong with the Colts. They really do. Yeah, I mean, I would push back and say, how is it overrated? You know, like, Buckner's a guy who's going to come in. He's going to be an upgrade at that position. He's probably, from a talent perspective, I mean, you can argue Darius Leonard here, but from a pure talent perspective and, and ceiling, like, upside-wise, he's probably the best player on the Colts' uh, defense as we stand today. You locked him up for, you know, a multi-year contract, so he's going to be a staple on the defensive line. I don't really see how that's an overrated move. Yeah, uh, explain that to us. I have no idea. No yeah. idea. Yeah, and we talked about it. Like, you think about the value of 13 and what you would have had. Probably gotten a guy like Javon Kinlaw. Well, why wouldn't you trade away just that 13th pick and get a proven commodity like Buckner? We felt like it was a great move overall. So, uh, it certainly will be interesting, especially without Le'Veon Bell, like you said, to see. Uh, can the Jets get a running game going? Because, you know, Jacksonville in week one, at least in the first half, they really did. And that opened a lot of things in the passing game so uh you know relatively unknown in terms of the running backs for the Jets right now uh so it'll be interesting to see you know can the Jets get it going or can the Colts continue to build off of the strong performance they've had the past you know really the past uh couple quarters here it's really been a lot really been a good job for them uh, on stopping the run and so um the biggest thing for me man you just got to get continue to get pressure on the quarterback you can't let Sam Darnold be comfortable because you know Sam Darnold's still a good quarterback. You know, he's he's still a good quarterback. He doesn't have a lot around him, but, mm-hmm. you know, Sam Darnold torched the Colts a couple years ago, so I'm not uh, looking past him by any means. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I can't wait for the game, and even though the Jets are down a couple guys, you know, I'm still uh, still amped up for it. Absolutely. All righty. Well, thank you, Ian, for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Good luck on Sunday, but like I say to all our opponents, man, not too much luck. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Yeah.